You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. Good morning, sports fans. Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Gandolfo here with Mike Polio. It's going well, and uh, we're going to be joined soon by Brandon J. Lawrence. They're the sponsor of the show. He'll be in here today talking a little sports. Uh, and, of course, we are brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. And I'll be interested to hear how eventful of a derby he had. Yeah. Because yeah. I imagine that those guys can get pretty busy with uh, those kind of things. I would say so. Uh, there's been some local – Louisville had some issues, I heard, with some legal trouble. Uh, well, you know, Mango getting a little trouble, but I mean, yeah. it, it's nothing that a normal college kid probably wouldn't be my, up against, unless he tried to unless he tried to pull the "you know who I am" kind of card. <laughs> and you know, it's like you're a six six ten African American guy. I'm guessing yeah. that you're a basketball player. He d- he did not steal crab legs. Which he did not good. steal crab legs. That's true. Which you know. which I don't know how you walk out of a store with crab legs accidentally. But you know, you do have to like try to get arrested, Derby. I mean, it's not they're they're going to let a lot of stuff go. So you got to wonder how belligerent. Yeah. He was being, and how much of a jerk he was being to get arrested. There, there were a lot of people there that were drinking out in public. There, yes, there, there's quite so, a few. So to single yourself out <laughs> so, as the one winner of the handcuffs. Yeah, it must have been a Kentucky fan. That's how you all do it. Is that what it is? The that's cop was a Kentucky fan. That's how you all do it. Yes, that's that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and make sure the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line is up and running. So call in 384-1450. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz. Or Oxmoor Ford Lincoln is a, uh, a great place to go get your car service. So uh, we're all set and ready to go. Hope we get a lot of callers. We've got lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, we've got the NFL draft going yep. on. Yeah. Uh, Louisville looking pretty strong. I, I think three first-round draft picks. I, I was actually talking to this with my dad. Is it more impressive to get three NFL first-round draft picks or five NBA first round draft picks. Uh, NBA draft picks. You think so? Absolutely. See, I think it might be the NFL draft picks. Really? Yeah, maybe just because there's so much, so many more players, and I would think it's a lot tougher. I mean, I, I can see that because there's a lot of teams that can wait till later round to get those, especially with, I think the power conferences kind of separating themselves from, from where Louisville was this past season. I'm going to go ahead and say the AAC wasn't a power conference this year. So, you know, I think to get th- three guys in the first round was crazy. Is, is pretty impressive. When, especially when you consider that the Big 12, which you would consider a football conference. Off, uh, yeah, definitely. Two guys. The whole Big 12 had two guys in the first round. How many did the SEC have? Just Oh, I don't know. A ton. Because Texas A&M yeah. had three guys also. And, you know, and that's, I guess, even the, more, the bigger conversation. It's probably more unlikely for Louisville to have three guys in the first round of the NFL draft than it is for Kentucky to have five guys in the first round of the NBA draft. Yeah, I guess so. So if, if you look at it that way, I mean, I just it, it's really impressive. Uh, and and if you're and Texas fans like to beat up on Charlie Strong, you know, beat up on the hire. How many Texas guys have gotten their name called so far? Mm. I mean, he's obviously been able to pull that kind of talent there. So if I'm a if I'm a Texas Longhorn fan and I'm looking at you know what's going on in the draft to date, and I see Charlie's got. Three of his guys in the first round, four guys taken overall. Preston Brown getting picked yeah. yesterday. Um, pretty strong stuff. I, and I think the hardest thing for the Texas fans when they look at, you know, forget the whole, um, you know, looking at Charlie Strong, but just 
I mean, like you said, what you said, three Texas A&M players in the first round, right? Uh, they and, left the Big Twelve and became like a, yeah. became a powerhouse, it, and, which doesn't make sense. You would have thought they would have been powerhouse. I mean, in the those 12. are guys in Texas' backyard. I mean, Manziel wanted to go to Texas, yeah, and, and they didn't give him a scholarship opportunity. And here and here he is, and he got a passed over a bunch and got to twenty second in the draft. And supposedly he's in Austin like all the time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's very interesting to see how all that's kind of filtered out. You know how. I don't want to say they've become irrelevant, but I mean the Big Twelve not having the greatest showing for sure in this uh, in this draft. Absolutely. Um, and actually, to to date right now, Texas has not had a single player picked. The Big Twelve has only had five guys total picked. Louisville's had yeah. four guys. Yeah. Louisville. The Big Twelve's had yeah. five. Has Kentucky had a player? No, Avery Williamson will get picked today. Yeah. Well, Louisville had someone on their intramural team get picked, so <laughs> that shows the difference in Louisville and Kentucky football. Wow. Wow, well, you know, we'll see now. Now that you got a coach, you cannot recruit in there. <laughs> what What do you, you know, not to get too sidetracked off the draft, but how do you feel about giving a two year contract extension to a guy who has gone two and ten? He got the same amount of contract years extended on his contract as he did wins last year. Well, you know, no doubt, but I think when you have to look at the the way that uh, he's changed the culture around there. I mean, I listen. We've seen a lot of coaches who can recruit, who mm-hmm. can't coach, and cannot win. And so I definitely want to see him put the results on the field. But it's not like he took a huge jump and is one of the top paid coaches in the SEC now. No. His, his salary is a little bit more competitive. And I think he's just getting rewarded for how well he's done on the recruiting trail. And to me, that's exactly what it was. It was something to help him recruit a little bit better. It was a fairly insignificant pay raise. And it was mostly it was, on the back end. It was of more the on the back end, and it was more on just giving him two, more, two extra years. To, to show their appreciation. So I think a lot can be blown out of proportion, whereas the, the, to me the raises that were made on the basketball side mm-hmm. were now Kenny Payne is the, most, is the highest paid assistant coach in college basketball. It, uh, and, you know, that's pretty crazy. It is unbelievable. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I definitely – there's definitely some a change in culture with the – you know, I think the spring games were the two highest attended spring games that Kentucky has had. Uh, and let's just face it. I mean, if you got more people coming through the gates, the program's making more money. You're worth more money. I liked seeing it. Um, being in the coaching world, I like to see that a university responded to the fact that the attendance and the culture has changed a little bit. But as quickly as it can change on the positive side, it can change just as quick on the negative side if he has another season this year like they did last year. And And I think, you know, I'm – I've been vocal about saying four wins is where they need to be. A, a modest increase this year with a more significant increase in 2015. Um, I think they could get to six, but four is kind of where it is for okay. me if he if he showed that. And it's it, to me, it's really kind of hard to judge. Um, it's hard to judge the team off wins just more on how they're playing. You know, when you've got so many young guys and to see them uh, uh, having to compete, I think, yeah. you know, when they are juniors and sophomores and they've got two or three years of SEC experience, it's going to be uh, pretty big. But we've seen already that after uh, after he made the uh, announcement of the um, of the contract extension, I think they picked up four more commitments for yeah, 2015. Yeah. The key is they just can't lose to teams that they're supposed to beat. No, they can't yeah. lose to Western. Of course, yeah. they don't play Western anymore. But But they can't lose to a team like Western. Even though Western was very good last year, and had some very good pieces, and hopefully we'll have a couple guys drafted. Should Antonio Andrews should definitely get drafted? Yeah. I would think Andrew Jackson's going to get drafted. I would think so. So 
and even if they don't get drafted, they'll get picked up right. by a team. So, you know, that's a it's a quality team when you have a couple dudes that could be drafted by the end of all of this. But you, as Kentucky and SEC school, you can't lose to Western Kentucky, and we all know that. Oh, without a doubt, and I and I don't disagree with that. I, I just think, uh, and I think they're going to come out a little bit right, more ready to compete. Um, you know, a lot's going to depend on yeah. how the quarterback play is. They've got they're deeper at receiver, but they're still not deep deep. Uh, but their defensive front seven is going to be much improved. So, mm. but you know, um, back to the draft yeah, real yeah. quick. I mean, because we don't want to get too far no, off no. on Kentucky football, which is fairly insignificant for the next couple months. Uh, for the next year or so. Well, at least until you okay. know, August. Whoa. Tomato, <laughs> tomato. Um, we're looking at a, a situation now where Teddy was the third quarterback taken, mm-hmm. snuck into the back end of the first round, basically because yep. of the trade, which ended up being a really good trade, in my opinion, uh, for Minnesota to sneak up there and get him. Absolutely. Um, three Louisville players taken in the first round. Let's just compare though Teddy to Bortles. And the situation he's in at Jacksonville, and 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 then Manziel at Cleveland. Who do you think's in a better position to succeed? I mean, I think Bridgewater is is in a better situation. I mean, he's definitely not a guy that is going to be an obvious starter right away. I think there is going to be some competition. Um, there to where is at Cleveland. That's not a bad thing, though. No, I, I don't think so. And it's not a bad thing for the starting quarterbacks that they're going to have. Um, uh, who is there? Uh, Ponder and... Um, He's got a very hot wife. Yeah. She's not bad. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Ponder's there. And, and, you know, but it's definitely not unbeatable for yeah. Teddy to, you know, to think that he could get there. And, and they have a good running game, which will take some pressure off of him. AP's getting a little old, though, man. He is getting a little old, but it's still a force to be. They ha- still have to stack the box looking for the run. Right. Um, now, Minnesota, you know, needs some better receivers, which I think you could argue, well, you could definitely say that with the Browns in Jacksonville, they need better receivers. And I think looking at Manziel, the receivers that, are go- that they're going to have, uh, the Browns have one good receiver, and it's a huge drop-off after that. Um, and Jacksonville has been – in the toilet for a while now. And we were talking about this before. The Browns spent all this money to determine which one of these three guys would be the best quarterback for them to take. Yeah. Uh, spent $100,000. $100,000. And this was like two decades uh, of data that they've looked at quarterbacks to see what makes them successful. It told them to pick Bridgewater. Now, how much you go by that, NFL, I think, is definitely having trouble looking, like getting into the future of sports analytics and all of that. But they spent all that money on that and said, well, listen to the homeless listen, guy. Listen to the homeless guy. The homeless guy says, take Manziel. We'll take Manziel. Our $100,000 survey says, take Bridgewater. You know, that's how we'll go. Now, I don't think it was a terrible uh, pick. Um, he's going to be able to rally that city. You know, you can't compare the two, but, uh, you know, kind of like LeBron did. I mean, he's a superstar. And now, whether he does can do that over a, multiple seasons and whether he's successful is another discussion but he's definitely going to be that name of the franchise that they're going to be able be to the sell name a lot of tickets immediately as they took his picture and put it over the lebron poster did you see that <laughs> no i missed that yeah so uh but he will be the name in the face of it you know but their long-term success in that in that in that state let's just yeah. let's just be honest the Bengals, the browns whoever you know them, they haven't won a championship since uh since the reds won a championship in 90 and the entire 
uh, in that entire state. My my question is, is they picked Manziel with a one good receiver, a huge drop off after that, and then with their first pick in the second round, do not take a receiver. That's that's where they needed to help Manziel. They took an offensive guard, which their offensive line needs help. But why wouldn't they take a receiver there? I don't, you know, even if you do take a receiver there, it's such an adjustment to have to play with Johnny Manziel as a receiver because you run your initial route and then you got to figure out where the hell he's going and then you yeah. got to adjust and basically play, you know, street football and just try to get open. They had two picks in the in the third round didn't take a receiver. Well, to me it's more important probably to get some protection for him than it is anything else. I'm going to disagree with that. I think he needs someone to throw to. Yeah? Yeah. The, the, the Mike Evans? That's what he needs somebody to throw to. Um, and, you know, they're, they are – they're getting their defense better. Uh, they picked up a cornerback and a linebacker. But I still think he needs someone to throw to. And I think if unless the, a quarterback has someone to throw to, he's not going to be very successful. So – uh, lots to talk about. Our man Brandon J. Lawrence just w- walked in, so we're going to go ahead and take an early break so we can get him all mic'd up, ready to go, and we'll be right back on the Weekend Sports Buzz. Now I've been happy lately, thinking about all right, little Cat Stevens bringing us back into the uh, the Weekend Sports Buzz here. Mike Gandolfo, Mike Polio, Brandon J. Lawrence, our our sponsor joins us. What's up, B? What's going on, brother? How y'all doing, man? All right, man. We're doing great. And, of course, this show is sponsored by Brand J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 587-0041 for the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Hopefully, you don't, you don't need him. But if you do, he's a good guy to call. Exactly. <laughs> the guy you want in your back pocket just in case you're in that accident or whatever else. So. Right. Hopefully you get hit by a UPS truck. That's what you want. <laughs> or a tar bus, right? Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, they have deep pockets. Yeah, that's what you want. That's what you want. So we were talking a little bit more during the break about how bad the Browns' uh, receiving core is and, uh, you know, Nate Burleson breaking his yeah. arm. Uh, who, who's the guy who got suspended? Uh, looks like uh, – It was uh, – I don't know. I forgot his name. Cro- Josh Gordon. Hey, these Josh are still Gordon. not big-name receivers to begin no. with. No. These, are, these are their top two uh, options. He, but, had, right. he had nine touchdowns last season, I believe. And But we were talking, too. I mean, if you're a receiver, you do not really want to play with Johnny Manziel. I mean, he's going to make – those guys are the biggest prima donnas in the NFL. And yeah. they're, they're going to make you work. He's going to make you work so much harder than you have to work. Yeah. What receiver really wants to go play with Johnny Manziel? I don't – I wouldn't – I can't think of one. I mean, you know – I don't know. I mean, was anybody lobbying to get Johnny Manziel on their team? No, I uh, thought the Cowboys were, but then they passed him up. That's your team too, right? That's my team, yeah. And I'm glad, you know, they probably strapped Jerry Jones down into the chair. <laughs> and uh, But they made some solid picks. They got oh, the, Zach Moore's a huge yeah, pick for them. It's a good pick. And it's in, the, in the second pick that they traded up with the Redskins to get the, uh, the defensive end from Boise. DeMarcus uh, Lawrence. Yeah, that's, that's a big need, of course. Next they need to go like – well, he can play. He can play either. He can play defensive end, outside linebacker. So that's cool. We need somebody in the middle because Sean Lee stays in the cold tub. Yeah. Man. You need you need to, you need to get a quarterback that doesn't choke. <laughs> is, what, is what you need. <laughs> we we got to go. But I mean, you know, people say that. But who instead who, of maxing out his contract? But who's better though? Who when you when you that's a I drop would agree off, with that. Man. I mean, there's a huge drop off. It's like yeah. who who do you go out and get? I mean, it's, we're not gonna get Brady, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Which is which we, we which we discussed. The Patriots are America's team now. <laughs> well, you red, white, and blue, but I mean, you know, 
it's it's tough to uh, it's a tough pill to swallow. You guys over two last two Super Bowls. Um, you know, Cowboys never went over two Super Bowls. No, but, but we do make the playoffs now, so that's you know, <laughs> it's true. Uh, you know, you so it depends. Is are we losing the last game of the season to <laughs> knock us out of the playoffs, or are we losing the Super Bowl? <laughs> so, have, but we're but, always there. You but, have a point. Yeah, I, I think you know. Again, not to get too far off the draft, but it, it is tough for having a quarterback that seems to choke at the wrong time. Like, <laughs> like it, it, it's tough. And I wish he didn't because I think he is a really good quarterback. You, you but, really wish he didn't? Well, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I love getting on Cowboys fans. Jessica Simpson messed him up. That's what happened. It, it, it messed yeah. a lot of good people up. I still think that – I think the biggest mistake of the draft, though, was the Jaguars taking Bortles three and not taking Khalil Mack, man. I just, I just – I thought Khalil Mack was a lock at that three spot – you know they they have so many more needs until they you know put a quarterback in there. I, I just I don't know. I just I don't see it, man. I don't see Bortles. I I, th- I look at Bortles and I think that's another Ryan Leaf. I mean Ryan Leaf. You could well not blame Garrett, but uh, I mean he looks the part. He does. He, that's he the looks problem, the part. Though. But yeah. that the, the yeah. NFL guys draft these guys that look the part, right? And if they don't have it up here, if they're not mentally in the game, they don't pan out. I mean, the quarterbacks that paint out are the mental giants of, of football. I and, mean, yeah. that's what sets Brady apart, Manning, both Mannings apart. And especially when you know he's going to play right away and the expectations are going to be crazy. I don't know who he's got. Who he's got. Well, he's got uh, – well, is, is Justin Blackman suspended still or what? Messi, I, I, I guess <laughs> the wrong guy. Justin, you know, you, you got Justin Blackman, I guess, you know. Yeah, they say it's uncertain right now. Who's who's he gonna throw it to? Yeah, and and because I saw if you saw that uh, um, UCF Louisville game when when UCF uh, came back and and beat Louisville uh, to end their national title dreams, the guy the main guy was Storm Johnson. It wasn't uh, it no, wasn't Bortles. Yeah, it was definitely Storm Johnson. You know, Bortles didn't really do a whole lot that game. I don't yeah. I until Calvin Pryor laid the woodshed on Storm Johnson. He did. Yeah, yeah. Was, now he's that was a good pick. That was yeah, a great pick. I that, that was, was a great really good pick. Now, if you were the Cowboys, you probably would have liked to see him in Dallas. I mean, well, they need a safety too, right? They had a chance to pick him. Right. They passed um, on. But, you know, they needed – the Cowboys are slowly building the line because the last three years you got Travis Frederick. Um, the year before you had Tyron Smith. They've got a pretty solid young yeah. line. And that's kind of the base – that's what the Cowboys do. You know, they build that line up like with Eric Williams back in the day and uh, Nate Newton, you know those guys are solid. You know two and a. That's that's the that's the basis of your team, man. Yeah. So you know the other guys you can fill in. I think everybody's going to Seattle route. You know, yeah, yeah I think so. Bigger corners, yeah, more physical, yeah, yeah. So I definitely what and you're a U of L fan as well, right? I take it. I like UK. Oh, you're a UK guy. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. You man, you're football way well, off. Oh. Like, well, you're you like you haven't well, won in 20 years. But you're well, still you're still a football guy. Were you surprised to see Marcus Smith go in the first round of the NFL draft? I wasn't, man. I no. wasn't. He's a solid. He's a solid player. I thought maybe he'd go a little bit later. He's little though, right? He's undersized, but he's he's he's. He does things well. He's a good tackler. Yeah. Um, he's he hits. He's physical. You know, for what's he about two fifty one? Yeah, I think yeah. two fifty one. Yeah. They have very him at athletic. But very athletic. Yeah, he's so very you know, athletic. in these schemes that you have, he's not he's not going to have to play every down. So. Did you all hear the story about how his family found out no. he got drafted? Uh-uh. So supposedly they were at a sports bar, 
and he gets the call from the Eagles, and he just like plays it off, like you know, he's just talking to whoever, and it's like you know, great, whatever, cool, and just hangs up, and then. They're watching the sports bar, and Roger Goodell walks up there and announces his name, and it's like his his people go crazy. So. That's crazy. That's, That's a cool awesome. story. Yeah, that, that and cool. you know, I I wish him the best. I want to see yeah. all these local yeah. guys do he well. Ran, man. He ran a four six six forty, which is Ooh, Mike Polio speed. <laughs> borderline. I may be, I may be able to get him if I got the wind right. Uh, so he he is athletic, uh, but a little bit undersized. You know, you think about this just unbelievable day for Louisville football though on Thursday. They only had eight first-round draft picks in their history going into Thursday, and then they they put three on the board. I mean, that's just it's insane. And yeah. like I said, three for the U of L, two for the entire Big Twelve. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, that's a testament. Like you guys were saying earlier, that's a testament to the uh, what what Charlie Strong did as far as building up that program. And you know, people want to people want to come to U of L, and you're getting the top tier players. You're not just getting the you know the Going to going down to Florida and get like the third, fourth tier. You're getting top tier guys, and it's showing up. And that's why they had to take the risk on Bobby Petrino to replace Strong. I think absolutely. I mean, they, yeah. they couldn't go with the up and coming guy. They had to go with the name that can get and the even guys. If, even if he had the baggage. Well, he's not a great recruiter. I mean, he's just but he's a great. He does a great job with the guys when they get here. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. I mean, who did he really put in the? Even Amobi Okoye was more John L's guy. Yeah, he didn't yeah. put he didn't put like guys in the pros. No, but I mean, if he won. But. He won, and he'll comp- and he'll, he'll he's like a, it's like kind of like getting Rick Pitino. Yeah, you know, he won't put guys in the pros, but he will win a little bit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's I don't know. I, I don't have I don't have all the facts. Uh, uh, Haven would probably be able to back this up a little bit better than I would in yeah. terms of oh yeah, Haven what will. what guys Haven will bring it. What guys have uh, Petrino put into the pros? But he still probably wouldn't have a lot to say, though. Maybe not. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Conjecture. I, I don't know. Again, how many players in, from <laughs> Kentucky have been drafted? Oh, a ton, It's a bunch of players. Yeah. No, no, this year. Oh, this, well, Avery Williamson <laughs> will be drafted this, this today. Year. Avery Williamson will get drafted today. I don't even know if we have that many seniors. So they only had like three it, seniors it, it on the team. Matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but Avery Williamson, I think, is actually uh, a guy that should get called today. And, uh, you know, in the same kind of um, – Mirror image of a Danny Trevathan and a Wesley Woodyard. And I think those guys having a whole bunch of success in the NFL makes Avery Williamson that much more of an attractive pick for NFL people. Because the Kentucky linebackers have done pretty well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, and that's what it's about. It's about the pedigree. It's about the tradition. Kentucky, I mean, you can probably make a claim. Kentucky's like linebacker you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Penn State. <laughs> I mean, Indiana has had – uh, someone drafted. <laughs> yes, they Indiana. have. Indiana. And he kind of oh, yeah, dropped a little Indiana, bit of Indiana, where's yeah. the, who, what, he call, a what caller bit. is an Indiana fan? Don't we have someone? The truth. The truth. The truth. I'm sure the truth will call the in truth. if he's not too upset from us last week from not taking his call because we were at Churchill Downs. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, but hopefully he will call in. Uh, but, can we talk about the number one draft pick at some point? Like, it seems like we're going around <laughs> all these other ones. All right, we'll the, go Clowney. But the number one guy. Well, for the second straight time, the Texans having the number one pick. They pass on the Texas quarterback that I'm sure a lot of their fans wanted to take. I think it was it was more pressing with Vince Young when they didn't take Vince Young, which worked out pretty good for them, yeah. taking Mario Williams, right? <laughs> they take Jadavian uh, Clowney over Johnny Manziel, a guy who, I mean, he's a freaking beast yeah. when he wants to play. Yeah. I, I think he and I, I don't think you'll have that problem in the pros. I don't think so either. I, I think he's a it was a great selection. There. I mean by far the most talented guy in this in this draft. Would you agree with that? 
I, I, you know what I don't. You don't? I don't. Oh, okay. I, I'm going to tell you, man. And I, I, I went to school in Carolina. I know a lot of guys in South Carolina. They love Clowney, right? They were talking about Clowney since he was in high school. Uh, I, I Maybe going out on a limb, I think Sammy Watkins. Is the most? Is the most talented guy. Another South Carolina guy? Yeah, yeah. I'm Clemson. Clemson guy, yeah. yeah. From, from Florida, but he's Clemson guy. Uh, I think so, because, man, that guy, his speed is just crazy. He's a little small. He's got a lot of speed. He's tough, hard to tackle. He's play. He'll play receiver and he'll play uh, special teams. Well, there, and then for about twenty four hours, EJ Manuel probably had the biggest boner oh in the world, goodness. thinking that he had <laughs> Sammy Watkins and Stevie got loose on the other side, Stevie Johnson. Then, yeah. and then the Bills trade Stevie Johnson to my Forty Niners. Oh yeah, and, that's, and now the Forty ers are looking like a, just a strong receiving core time. with Crabtree. And Anquan Bolden, and it's just going to be uh, – it could be great. That was big time. But, I mean, could you imagine if Sammy Watkins was on one end, Steve Johnson's on the other end. And, and C.J. Spiller. And C.J. Spiller, yeah. I mean, they're – Man. Yeah. yeah. That would have been awesome. I mean, that would be – yeah, that would be basketball pretty what, much. Was it worth <laughs> it for the Bills to trade up to get Sammy Watkins at the four pick? Would he have dropped further? I don't, I don't think so, man. I don't think so. I mean, that's like who else – because look at the next receiver that they took. They took, was it Williams from A&M? Mike, uh, Mike Evans. Mike Evans from A&M? Yeah. From I mean, that the guy, Buccaneers took him. that's a big drop off. Where were me. they Where were they before they were four? Mm. They moved from where to where? Did, it might be, and that might be too hard of a question for you. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's a, there's a lot going on. So there. They needed to trade up to get him. But, I mean, that's the, the thing. Because I think most people would have still taken Khalil Mack, I think, if, uh, at that spot. So, uh, I don't know. It's, mm. you know. It, it would have been very close. I mean, with a such deep receiver draft. I mean, Watkins is good, but Evans is right there. I mean, uh, no, he, he disagrees uh, completely. He said it was a big drop off. He's slow, man. He's, man, he's slow. got great hands, though. I mean, he's made Johnny Manziel look pretty good on several occasions. He did. I mean, he did because he's so big. He's huge. But you know who I think is better than him? Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, I think Benjamin is better than uh, Mike Evans. All right. It's and, like it's like Bob Evans versus uh, I don't know. What's that? What's that? What's the other place? Cracker Barrel. I like Cracker Barrel a whole lot better than Bob, Bob Evans. Evans. I got you. Yeah. yeah, I did think the Giants uh, stretched a little bit on the third receiver taking Odell Beckham that high at twelve. I thought that was a little bit of a stretch. They got to get a receiver though. They needed one. They yeah. need yeah, one they bad. They need one bad. But it's but you know you still have Marcus Lee. So let's just say you you missed on Odell Beckham. You still had Marcus Lee. You still had the kid from Indiana. You still had Indiana. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you trust that kid? For hey, that. man! I tell you what, he's <laughs> in, in he's fast. He's like ran like a four four, and he's but he's known as a possession guy. Oh, he's solid. Yeah, yeah. And their offense was the the real deal. All right, we're gonna go straight now to the Oxmoor Four Lincoln Buzz Line. We got about five minutes left in the in the segment, but we'll fill it with Carolina. Steve, Carolina, how's it going? I know you got something to say about the NFL draft. It's fine. Great program. Thank great, you, sir. Uh, great program so far. My team hadn't picked the players that I'd like to see a pick, you know, position, but they've been overall. That's the Carolina Panthers. So tell us about their draft so far, Carolina. I don't like their pick first with the wide receiver. I know that they cut Steve Smith and we didn't resign any of the other ones, but I'd like to see this guy a left tackle to protect Cam in there. And then, uh, but I will take the fact we did draft a wide receiver, so I—that's a plus. Now they the took Kel- round, they took Kelvin Benjamin, who, who Brandon likes. They took. We were just talking about how good of a pick Kelvin Benjamin is. I mean, I, you know, and I, 
might not be the best. I know you wanted that that other guy, but uh, you know, it's still it's it's a high quality high quality receiver there. Yeah, but we need some offensive weapons. But why do we choose a defensive tackle? I mean, in in the second pick, when we had the best defensive front four and the rotation in pro football. I think it was a situation where they were surprised that guy was still there. And you have to, I think when you get to that point in the draft, they got to weigh best available player versus need. And if that best available player is there is someone that, that far stretches your need, they, they went with the best available player. Because I think a lot of people were surprised that he dropped all the way to 60. Tony Ely. Yeah, I want to tell you, there, there is a player that was picked last night by the Arizona Cardinals in the third round. Watch out for him. He's a defensive end from Carolina. His name is Kareem Martin. The reason I, I like him so much, he is from my hometown, went to the same high school that I did and everything, and he is six foot six, two 283 pounds. It's a big guy. It's a big boy. I can't he cheer is, for somebody was, who wears uh, that pale blue, though. <laughs> when he was a senior in high school, he went to a little 2A school. That's why the uh, school where I graduated is now. He was the overall Gatorade Athlete of the Year in the state of North Carolina because he was all-state in football. In basketball, he averaged a triple-double uh, with blocks, rebounds, and points. In track, he was a six-foot, eight-inch high jumper. And the, the kid is just a phenomenal athlete. I saw him play in high school. And I've uh, uh, seen him play some on the things, but watch out for him. For a third-round pick, he's going to be good. Like the pro draft, like the fact that Clowney was first. Don't like where Manziel went. I'd like to see Manziel go somewhere a little bit different, but maybe Cleveland will be what works out for him. I think the people, that, especially the people in Louisville, who think that Teddy is a much better quarterback and everything are going to be surprised would they see Johnny Manziel get out there? Because if Gruden thinks he's a good quarterback, I'm going with Gruden. I'll have a nice day, and uh, let's just hope we get more athletes in the draft. All right? right, there you go. Hey, we were talking about this before. Do you, do you like sit there and watch the draft? Watch the draft. I mean, 15 minutes between picks, man. It's it's a it's boring. It's boring. It's, as yeah, I mean, how, how much can you watch them? <laughs> There's some analyze. people that live for this stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I know guys. They were showing pictures on Facebook, like. At the bar, and everybody's yeah. chilling with a cigar, watching the draft. I could do jersey. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, any, any day, right? But, yeah, you, you watch for your team, I guess. I mean, and for the first 21 picks, all they were talking about was where if Manziel would fit at that exactly. team. Yeah. Right. Like, in between timeouts of my hockey game I was watching, I yeah. flipped over. 15 minutes in between picks. Is it? It, and they would say the pick is in, and it would be another five minutes before the they would announce the pick, and then they would discuss how Johnny Manziel wasn't picked, and then they would move on to the next one. It's just way too drawn. I like There's the, a lot of – I like the NBA draft a lot better just because it's five minutes. Right. It keeps it rolling. You know, yeah. It gives you enough time to – like they interview the guy, they yeah. show some highlights, and then gives him like one minute or whatever to right. talk about who right the next one's going to go. It's, it's like boom, boom, boom. And plus, you know, just, uh, you know, I know those guys a little bit better. It's hard, it's hard in the NFL draft, I think, to really – Know all these guys getting picked. I mean, who? Oh yeah. I mean, well, let's break down the offensive guard at Pittsburgh. You know, yeah. I just, <laughs> Well, and when you look at the, you know, the top draft picks, you know, second was offensive tackle. Uh, you know, six was offensive tackle. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, 
11th was an offensive tackle. I don't know the offensive line guys or how to judge how good they are. Except for Zach Martin from Notre Dame. He's going exactly. to the Cowboys. Which I, mean. I think Notre Dame had some good players <laughs> drafted. This. Notre Dame did well. I mean, I, you I, know. I thought they had some guys that I know my Patriots would have liked to have. They had um, a deep tackle. Who's that? I forgot. Truett. Truett. Yeah, yeah going, to the, going to the Steelers, man. Yeah, they like Steelers. Yes, yeah, I hate that. The Steelers seem to always sneak a pick in, man. Well, that's going to be a great – that's a great – They're a much better run organization than the Cowboys. That, that, no, that's true. I got to admit that. That's oh, look true. at that. That's, that's a real fan right there. He's like, you know. But you got to still say we're, we're still America's team. No. Uh, I don't know how – uh, I don't know. There you how, go. There you America's go. team is a team that at least makes it to the playoffs. How yeah. many playoff <laughs> wins has the Cowboys had in the last fifteen years? These guys are gonna go at it right it's here. Star. Hey, man. you know how much he outweighs you by? He's quicker than me. I'm quick. I'm quick. Four six. He's gonna hurt you than represent you. That's what's going to happen. That'd be funny. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back here on the weekend sports buzz. All right, welcome back. Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Gandolfo here with Mike Polio and Brandon J. Lawrence. We're talking a little bit at the break about how uh, not a running back taken in the NFL draft until what pick? Which? Uh, I believe it was the 54th pick overall. And uh, it seems like the NFL is getting away from being the running back league that we kind of all grew up with. I mean, we grew up with some stud running backs. Uh, you know, Thurman Thomas, Emmett Smith. Yeah. I mean, all those guys. Roger Craig, Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker, Tony Dorsett. Yeah, we're gonna name all these Cowboys. Is that what we're gonna do? Well, I mean, they're studs. <laughs> yeah, they were studs. They were all studs. famous. Walter they, Payton. They were America's team back then. Oh, <laughs> I mean, uh, but even going up to Jerome Bettis and then into you know LT and Adrian Peterson, who's still playing, but you know he's not what he was. Yeah, running backs are just a dime a dozen yeah. now. I mean, I, they they teams seem to want to run the ball by committee. It doesn't yeah. seem to matter. The the breakout running backs no longer there. And I, um, I was joking around with my buddy who's a Lions fan. He got all upset because I guess they let Barry Sanders announce the Lions pick, and uh, you know, <laughs> it didn't work out too well for them. <laughs> Barry taking the the early retirement. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's, Barry, Barry's coming back though. You think so? I think he's coming back. But we were comparing the fact <laughs> <laughs> he's coming back. He's uh, it's, what is it? What is the son's those plays? Uh, He's not a running back, though. No, I don't think so. He's at Oklahoma State, right? He's at Oklahoma State, yeah. yeah. So it's just not a running back league anymore. I mean, you know, is there a – I pose the question, is there a running back you would take in the NFL in your fantasy football draft before you draft Calvin Johnson? And I don't think there is. I mean, Calvin Johnson's your guy. All right, we're going to go straight to the Oxmoor 4 Lincoln Buzz line right now. we got the truth. I'm glad you're not mad at me, truth, for not taking your call last week. And you still called back this week. Man, y'all been loyal to the truth. I, y'all good people, man. <laughs> How about your boy getting drafted, Truth? Uh, well, he went to Peyton Manning. You know, he's gonna get the you gonna get the football thrown at him. That's one thing. Uh, I think it's a, a great pick for them because he's got some speed. He's known as a possession guy. Cody Latimer out of Indiana, six two two fifteen, decent size. Uh, you know, a guy that Peyton can uh, definitely rely on. And he will get the ball. He's joining all those Kentucky players in Denver. Now, now, before the truth gets into it, can we finally admit that IU is a better football school than Kentucky? Oh, well, we already do. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Truth. Come on now. Thank hey, you, Truth. Hey, I'm going to tell you who's – got to give some props 
to University of Louisville. Three first-round picks. Man, I didn't see that coming. Uh, no, that was crazy. I would never have thought that Bridgewater I think it was more likely, the third. It was more likely for them to have one first-round pick than it would have been for three. In this draft, uh, I mean, absolutely. I think most absolutely. people would have thought that Calvin Pryor would have been the only one before Marcus Smith jumps in the first round. Yeah. And then for Teddy to be the third, like you said, that's, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Hey, and I'll tell you who I am sick and tired of seeing. It's a, a Johnny Man. Johnny football is going to get when they play the Steelers the first game of the season. <laughs> you know, that's a great point. I mean, he's playing in a division against some guys, not just the Steelers, but the Ravens, who are going to want to shut him up. Those defense will take it personal against, you know, what you know what happens yeah. with Johnny Manziel. And the first time he's on the bottom of the pile, he's going to get a rude here's awakening. Pe- yeah. <laughs> here's people who don't fail to realize that uh, Cincinnati uh, – Baltimore and Pittsburgh defense every year in the top ten yep. in defense, and that's what people fail to realize. If Johnny Manziel run the football uh, against these three defense, we know that he'll be like Michael Vick, busted up. <laughs> I think that's a great point, Truth. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely, I, absolutely great truth. You know, they all got great linebackers, and uh, it, it, it couldn't be tough. You know, with as we discussed, Manziel doesn't have a whole lot of weapons around him. He's going to be going up against some great defenses twice a year. It's definitely going to be a hard thing for him to yeah, get up there. A lot of the defenses that he faced, some of the guys that he's faced and, you know, have been known to be undersized, and that doesn't happen in the NFL. No. The undersized guys go by the wayside, and you have big, strong, fast, fast guys yep. that want to kill level you. them. That want to kill you. That'll take the 15 yard penalty. Here's oh, yeah. another key thing is they. They number one wide receiver might have to set out the whole year. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, he looks like he is yeah. out for the year and uh, for substance abuse. And, and so they don't. It's, it's Johnny Football. They, I like what they're doing, but Johnny Football. I tell you, surprised me in the NFL. Ain't San Francisco showing out? Who's that? San Francisco. San Francisco, man, that's my team. Is that your team, Truth? No, no, I'm still a fan. He, the truth I'm just a- wants to keep getting on the air, so he's got <laughs> to talk, about good, he's gotta talk about good about the 49ers. As long as Colin Kaepernick continues to improve and doesn't get into some off-season crap like he almost did, I don't even know what's going on with that thing. With the, but you know, Kaepernick to me could be a star, and if he's got great weapons around him, uh, it's you know it's gonna make it even easier. That's- that's why I want to see Teddy Bridgewater go to San Francisco. That's what I wish San Francisco drafted Teddy Bridgewater. I think been nice. Yeah, I think they're pretty set at quarterback for a while, though. Hopefully, I hope so. So, well, I'm a, I'm going to ask you one more question. Have you heard anything about my Hoosier basketball team? I always got to know that. <laughs> not not right now. I mean, it's kind of quiet. Uh, you know, right now you're seeing the aftermath of the uh, spring evaluation period where teams are figuring out who they want to make their initial offers to. Um, uh, Indiana's obviously going to have to make a big splash this year recruiting-wise. I think it's really yeah. critical. And what you're going to see is uh, Kentucky and Louisville are both going to make big splashes. I think Louisville is going to have, even though they're only going to need two guys, they're going to get two big-time players because um, they're, they're on the board for a lot of the big-time guys. And having uh, Kenny Johnson switch from IU to L really helps them out. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you know Kentucky's going to do the same. But the good thing for Indiana is that this class is loaded with big guys. So they should be able to nail a big guy for sure that can play instead of these, uh, you know, they basically took two big guys that they're just kind of hoping pan out a little bit and fill some gaps. But they're going to have to get one of these elite big guys to come in and play. So uh, you know, right. oh, you'll, you you'll know more in July. By the end of July, you'll know a whole lot more. All right. Thank you very much. Bro. All right. See you, Truth. 
Uh, my wife just texted me and said yes about IU football. Who She's an IU grad. She is. Uh, saying yes about IU football being better than Kentucky football. So she is listening, and she is excited <laughs> that we mentioned that. No. The Big, the Big Ten football is terrible. Let's just put that out there right now. The Big Ten is no longer a football conference. They're not. I mean, they, they don't have anyone who's been fairly com- at, you know, competitive no, they at the elite level. Except for Ohio, Ohio State. State. When they, I mean, you, you, Wisconsin. Ohio State. You, you, Ohio State. The year that Ohio State was in the national championship game last, everyone thought it should have been Ohio State Michigan. They play a Florida team who Florida just ran them out of the freaking building to win the national title for the first of two straight. Ohio State is the most overrated football program out there. Yeah. <laughs> that's tough to say. Uh, I would say that's, that's tough, tough to, say. to say. But I, I do I do agree. They didn't play anybody last year. I, I do agree that the Big Ten has fallen fallen way off in terms of it's national being Listen, a national football. I suffered through uh, just absolutely. I'm a Notre Dame fan. You know that yeah. a terrible Michigan State Notre Dame game where it didn't look like either team wanted to score at all, and Ohio State uh, loses to that Michigan State team. And that Michigan State team, I know, got a lot better. And then the, you know, but they're still right, they so, were nowhere close so, to. So re- realistically, can you say no? I'm a Notre Dame fan, but can you say Notre Dame is one of the most overrated football oh, without a programs doubt. right now for okay. sure? Yeah. All right. I, 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 don't, as as... I don't think there's any question. But I mean, you know, and, it's and all I about like experience. Notre Dame, so uh, I'm, yeah. But I just uh, no. I, I I until the Big Ten can come up and and like Ohio State, the only time they've beaten an SEC team in a bowl game was when they beat Arkansas when they had players that shouldn't have been playing on the field. That should have been ineligible. There's no way that those guys should be, you know, oh, we'll suspend them next year. <laughs> that, <laughs> oh, okay, you're talking about when they had Terrell Pryor. Yeah, Pryor yeah. and all those guys. Yeah. Those guys yeah. shouldn't have been playing in that game, and that's the yeah. only win <laughs> that they've ever had. That's their. They lost two straight games to South Carolina in bowl games. They never should have, you know, that's their one win against yeah. an SEC team in a bowl game. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, they're losing recruiting battles to Kentucky. Yeah, they are losing recruiting battles that, to Kentucky. That's pretty bad. That's that's pretty bad. I just I don't see it. And th- you know, uh, did you all see where Jim Tressel has been uh, appointed the new college president at Youngstown State? Really? Yeah, because he was teaching classes at Youngstown. I guess or? so. So they. Took, oh, okay. Well, that's just, he's famous. He's famous there in Youngstown. I mean, that's the fundraising. It's all about fundraising there, right? Yeah, I mean that's where but co- from it's all college, about fundraising in almost every college coach to college president. He's college president at Youngstown <laughs> State. That's kind of wacky, man. But I mean, in Ohio, you expect that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he did coach there before he coached right. Ohio State. I mean, right? yeah, he won multiple championships. I guess it's not for sure. They offered the president's job to Jim, Tre- Jim Tressel. He hasn't accepted it yet, but you would think that he needs he the bread. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would think that that would be a pretty good spy for him. Sweater and again, vest for everybody. That's right. Everyone put on the sweater vest. <laughs> but I don't know. Urban Meyer's obviously got a, a perfect. It's a perfect spot for him to be at Ohio State. It'll be very interesting to see what they do this year if they can get into, you know, a bowl game where they're playing. And it really needs to be about the Big Ten as a whole and not just Ohio State. I mean, they no, ha- yeah. they have to get the bottom of the Big Ten to start, and they're adding teams into the Big Ten that are terrible. Like Rutgers that bring Rutgers nothing in terms of football. And what does Rutgers in Maryland bring? Absolutely nothing. That's a weird geographical connection to the Big Ten. Oh, yeah. They're just trying to get TV markets, all right? They're well, trying I mean, to get East Coast TV markets? And, I mean, they, yeah. they got Penn State. But, I mean, it's this not is, like Rutgers – in Rutgers – It's not that – I mean, it's not that far. Oh, okay. Penn – yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it's mid Penn State was added on. 
Rutgers so, and, and Maryland yeah. are there because of the Big Ten Network. And it they're is. trying to expand the Big Ten it Network. It is, but they're like, I mean, it's, New Jersey touches Pennsylvania, if I got my geography correct. <laughs> Phil, yeah, it's across from Philadelphia, yeah, across the Delaware River. So, like, it's right there. I mean, it's, I mean. And Maryland does, too. We're close, yeah. So, Maryland. yeah. And I guess everybody, now everybody will be wearing Under Armour. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Well, no. No, there's nothing wrong with that. No, actually, the Under Armour's done for a while. They, you know, they spent so much money on Notre Dame. I don't think they can fork out a whole lot more on someone else. But everything Mike is wearing is Under Armour. No, my pants. My pants are not. His pants. Oh, okay. He's got like my shoes. Actually, are not right now. He's got dress shoes on. They got They have a dress shoe line that he's trying out. (laughs) I do have have a pair of black dress. Headphones are uh, Under Armour. (laughs) No. No, I do have four pieces of Under Armour clothing on right now. You we will protect this house. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think the splash of Under Armour getting Notre Dame was huge. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I just think that that's going to help out with their brand a, a ton. Um, oh, yeah. And it, it, forced, it forced Adidas to step up to the table and pay UofL the way they paid. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any question. No, and you know, like you were, we, we were talking about this, how UofL was severely underpaid and what in terms of them supposedly being a, a big-time Adidas school, they weren't getting paid the same as, as some of the other bigger schools. They weren't getting – Nebraska, Michigan. Michigan was the program that they always kind of put. Mm-hmm. Nebraska, Michigan, Kansas, all those guys made and, more. And Louisville was always the one that – they were one of the premier teams that would make it far in the NCAA tournament, and they would have, like, the highlighter red jerseys, and it was like Adidas's – it was a great – Advertisement for Adidas, but they weren't getting paid. And the they same. were, they were, they were ready. They were, they were going to sign a contract with Jordan Brand. But, but now that Under Armour, Ooh, Adi- uh, Louisville, Louisville was like minutes away from signing a contract with Jordan Brand, then Adidas came in, and, which is, and which is huge because Jordan Brand does not take on everyone. They they handpick the teams. It is not your typical Adidas Nike right. deal. Well, they they handpick. Let's not get carried away. U of L used to wear Converse, man. So did Kentucky, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but but yeah. Jordan Brand is a different. Hey, Jordan Brand is different. Davian Clowney's gonna be wearing Pumas, huh? Davian Clowney's gonna be wearing Pumas. He signed a deal with Pumas. Yeah, he did. Oh, that's a good deal. <laughs> that's a great deal. Do they make well, football? Do they make football cleats? Well, Pumas they will now. like, or they making yeah. soccer? Like, is he gonna be playing in soccer cleats? That's a good first deal. Yeah, Manziel's gonna find, sign with LA Gear and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bortles with British well, Knight. But you know what? You got to do. I think you got to do that because every what's the everybody signs with Nike now. It's well, John Wall did something similar. He signed with Reebok out of the gate. Yeah. And now he's with Adidas. There you go. Yeah. You got you got you know because you're the exclusive guy. Who else is with Puma? Well, uh, Usain Bolt is with Puma. Is he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. So you know, it's, he's they'll make him an international star. They will. They'll put him on the everything. He, I mean, definitely. I mean, from his, he's image. got the look. He's got he's he's a big he's got the dreads chicks dig the dreads, uh you know. Yeah. Well, speaking of going back to the old, we got like one minute by the way. Speaking like, of going back to the old school, Charlotte Bobcats are going back to the Hornets, which is good. And so you're seeing a lot more starter jacket, the old uh, Charlotte Hornet uh, starter jacket, which ugly. I owned a starter. Ugly. Hey, not even that, but have you noticed that the, the stuff these guys are wearing in their press conferences? I mean, it's like almost like they're back to. Uh, the, the mid-80s with some of these fashions, these shirts that they're wearing with the top button button and all that stuff. I'm waiting for Kadeem Harrison to walk out with that little like, little like Jamaican beanie and all that stuff on. All right, we're at the end of hour one, and we will be right back here on the Weekend Sports Buzz.
is next, and they're coming to the top of the stretch, and California Chrome makes his move for the lead. It is California Chrome on the outside. Samrat runs at him with the eight pole. California Chrome is pulling away. California Chrome into the final furlong. He's got a five-length lead on his competition. It is California Chrome in front. And from the back of the pack on the outside, commanding curve is taken second. But California Chrome shines bright in the Kentucky Derby. Commanding curve was second. And then came Danza in third. The final time, two minutes, three. And that's what we're all going to be talking about, that seconds. final time, 203.66, uh, a, a very slow derby time. But that that – that broadcast right there, just so Mike Polio can rub it in yes. about how right he was about the Kentucky Derby and how wrong I was. I told everybody at the start of last show to ignore anything that you said. I hope they listened to me because you said, and don't try to change what you said and maneuver around <laughs> it to where you said this or that or whatever. You said California Chrome was not going to finish in the money. You said he was going to get spooked by the, the large crowd, that he would get a poor start, and what happened? He looked very professional in the paddock. He got a great start out of the gate, sat right where he wanted to be, and ended up going away winner. True. Now, <laughs> that being said, I did pick two of the top three horses. I Do they, do they give you do it, you get money for picking first and third? I was discussing, what is that called, like the, I was discussing this with uh, one of my friends that they need one of those <laughs> bets <laughs> that you could pick the – because I know there's a lot of liner, <laughs> uh, listeners out there that have picked two out of three. But I did call two out of three on the show, but and I like commanding curves. It, it's, it's, it's kind of shame on all of us for not putting commanding curves in our exotics because we saw Dallas Drew do the exact same thing with basically the exact same mm -hmm. horse last year, and we all said how – Similar commanding curve was to Golden Soul, yeah. and how this could happen. And everyone was saying, "Hey, he's, this race sets up perfectly mm -hmm. for commanding curve," but no one put him in their it, exotics. It, it was a poor betting move on my choice because the way I played the trifecta, I keyed California Chrome on top. I had about four four horses in second, and about six horses in third. Commanding curve was in my third. I did not have him in my second. So to save money, I kept him in third because I thought he would be closing at the end. I didn't think he could get up for second. Um, so I missed it. My wife, my wife had it. <laughs> this is hilarious, by the way. Had the exacta. <laughs> Except she can't write. Her handwriting she, sucks. She, she had the exacta. She wrote <laughs> down on her paper, California Chrome, and then her next little thing was commanding curve, and she said $5 exacta box. But next to California Chrome... She wrote a five. It's an eight. And then she, as she was swooping down, she like extended it. It looks and like made an eight to me. It looked like an eight. It's so an she eight. went to the betting machine and put eight seventeen. Wait, $5. she made the mistake. She made the mistake. Well, not someone else didn't make the mistake for her. So no. she couldn't read her own handwriting. Does couldn't that read happened? her own handwriting. Lizzie. She went to the machine and put five dollar exact box eight seventeen. The exacto would have paid seven hundred forty dollars. And guess who got the blame? You. Me, because it was my pen. Apparently, <laughs> my pen bled over. Get out of here. And I know there's a lot of guys out there that can, you know, that, that feel for me because yeah. I got blamed for her not writing correctly. Now, you said you didn't go to the Derby. You went to, you went to the Oaks. Is that went right? went to Oaks, yeah. Yeah, Oaks was yeah. a nice day, wasn't it? Oaks is nice, man. It was a real nice. It was a beautiful day out there that day. Uh, horses were running sweet. 
What do you, why do you call your wife eggplant, by the way? I need to get that in. I, I don't know. She kind of put that in. Okay. So that it, she, we kind of change up the, the names in our phones. So she just texted me that she hates me. So, you know, everything's like normal. I'm going to call her eggplant <laughs> from now on. Oaks was a nice day. A little cool, but like if, you know, big guys like us in our suits, I yeah. like it a little cool. It's all right. I wasn't sweating. Yeah, you can't. No, you can't be like. I was looking good too, by the way. Below or good. I, I believe what you have on, I have man. A, you know, the seersucker. What color? The blue seersucker. Yeah, the true. Tr- well, except okay. it was like thinner stripes. And uh, oh. I, had, I had I was rocking the hat, the 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 pork pie hat. Man, I was looking good. Straw hat. Yeah, I had a straw hat. Did yeah. you have your uh, dirty bucks on? Man, I, no, I didn't have the bucks, but I had some really nice looking. Uh, I don't even know what they're called, but they they look. My shoes look good. Okay. <laughs> Underarms? No, they weren't <laughs> underarmers though. Were looking, <laughs> I was looking good. I was looking good. <laughs> cool. And then, uh, but Oaks was a great day. I actually hit three exactties on Oaks Day. Oh, and okay. Then, uh, but Derby. Yeah, I I just bet poorly. That was, that was what. I, I had the right horses, just bet. Derby, Derby all, Day, we're sitting day. there, and we're doing this this show parlay thing. So we're like, we put up a huge show bet, okay. and every time it went, one, we just carried over the entire thing, and we just kept on trying to pick horses that were going to come in first, second, or third, which Marty Polio can make fun of us as much <laughs> as he wants. And we had it up to, we made like a $90 show bet. Yeah, and then it, it, was, it was his choice. It was a horse that we picked together. It was his choice. I don't want to hear that. Because normally you alternate who picks. Right. We, well, but we were not well, my, doing that. My horse came through. It was his choice to pick, and of course, his horse probably beat, finished dead last. <laughs> like I don't even know if he we made agreed. it to the finish line. He just went straight into the paddock. <laughs> we agreed on every horse that we picked that we both said that this is who we're gonna take. All right, now oh. how how nice was the big screen? Because I, big screen was I nice. loved it. Did, it you, was, did you like the big screen? I like the big screen. I mean, so you guys liked it. It didn't, it didn't take away from the tradition. No. no. Okay. I, I found the myself. The speaker system is a different story. The sound system. It was bad. It was loud. It wasn't as loud on Derby, I, I heard. No, they it, they definitely turned it down a little bit on Derby. Yeah, it, it, was, it was like, yeah, it was it's kind of scary loud. Yeah, well, they it, even said that they heard it on the, the horses could yeah, hear it on Rosie. the track. Uh, was Rosie the one? Rosie that said that she could hear, they could hear it, and they kind of, you know, Alarm the horses a little bit. Maybe even the reason why Patino's horse did the backflip. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. But but I thought the especially in the infield, like we walked into the infield from the backside after the show. Okay. And uh, watched the you know second race, and of course the horse that we had uh, was the one that clipped heels in the on the backstretch and fell down. Oh, you hate to see everybody was, was fine though. But yeah, everything ended up working. You know, everybody was all right. But you know, you could see actually see the race without having to look at one of the old school tube TVs that they have like posted up everywhere. Well, so, and that's what I was talking screen, about. Yeah. Like usually if I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a guy who wants to be in the seats. I don't want to be in the paddock or the infield for those two days. Yeah, I agree. But if I had to go now and if I had to not have a seat, I'd probably be more likely to be in the first turn of the infield with the big screen out there yeah. and be able to watch the race. And I would be in the paddock because the paddock, you were, it's like elbow to elbow, and yeah, you know you can't yeah. see anything. It's hard to bet. You know I, the the infield though. You bring your own chair yeah. out there and you it's, watch the big screen. It's, it's it not right. bad at all. And the depth, especially how beautiful it, day of it was. I mean, it, it was, it was yeah, a it was perfect picture pretty, up there too. I, yeah, I didn't know, I didn't 4K know what four K technology you know. is, but it's a, it's amazing. <laughs> all right, so all these uh, the derby goes off without a hitch. Perfect. Now I to defend my derby pick a little bit. I did say it was going to be an all or nothing. He was either going to win. The Calvacrome would either win. Or not finish the money. He just happened to win, and I picked the wrong one. Can you at least say that? Um, I'm sure if we go back and listen to it, that you could probably get a sound bite that said that. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, you said he would not finish in the money. 
I did say in the end, in I the made end, the wrong choice. I did final, make the wrong choice. Final decision, it was he's not finishing in the money. And then I, I, I struggled with my derby bet all the way up to the, uh, to the last moment. And then I ended up going with, uh, I ended up going with General A-Rod and uh, Sam Rod is who I ended up going with. Yeah. And now we're starting to find out General A-Rod's going to run the Preakness. Yeah. One of only three derby horses to run in the Preakness. Yeah. We got General A-Rod, California Chrome, and right on curling. Which I think is something that you see a lot. You don't see, uh, especially when it's... It's not usually this so, one side. But it, especially when it's as a... You can consider this derby a very, very convincing win. Uh, being so you're trying to say that all, horses, they're all scared of... They're all scared of uh, California Chrome. Is that what you're trying to say? I don't know if it's necessarily that they're scared, but their California Chrome is clearly in an elite level in terms of the three-year-olds this year, and then plus the quick two, two-week two turnaround. In today's racing, you don't turn around that quickly, period, uh, especially after a 20-horse race where you're getting beat around. And some of those horses, Danza was one that really had a rough trip, and uh, there were some that really had rough trips. You know, you don't tend to bring those back, and then, you know, why why would you? You know, there's money elsewhere. Is there a conspiracy to be said, though, where horse racing wants – California come to win this so that the Belmont matters. No. And then we could get this story. No. I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, I, you got you got this field. California Chrome should have no issues with this field. Um, Social Inclusion is a nice horse. Ring Weekend's a nice horse. Ring Weekend's not for sure. And Barron's even a nice horse. They're not even in the same. I, I think you're going to see it's a – I've Pablo Del Monte's a speed horse. He's going to get out early, but he's not going to be able to go the distance. No, but I think I, – I don't know. I feel like this is going to be a closer race, and I may eat my words on that one, uh, but I do think this is going to be a closer race, and without looking at everything uh, closely yet, I do think this is going to be a closer race than people think, and I would not be surprised if California Chrome got beat. Well, we got um, one horse that raced in the Oaks who's going to race in the Preakness, but unfortunately it's the wrong horse. Yes. Because I would have loved to have seen Untappable in this race. Yes. And I'm a little disappointed that she's not in this race because this is the perfect distance for Untappable. It is. And uh, for the breeding, the, the Belmont's not a good distance, so you're not going to no. see her in the Belmont. I think that this would have been the race. If we were going to see California Chrome versus Untappable, it would have been in the Preakness and uh, <clears throat> probably would have been the second choice. Well, uh, definitely would have been the second again, choice. Again, it's the two-week turnaround. I, I think that really it hinders uh, – now I'm not sure what the what Pimlico's race dates are if they if this is their last weekend or if it goes I think it goes further. It's tradition. I mean that's what it is. It comes down to tradition. Eh, I, I disagree. I I think that's silly though. Why why you're you're creating your race is not as big when you're just sticking to tradition. And I think if they push it back, you may get better preaknesses. And it may become more of a significant race. Dude, all because right now, you, like you said, you have three derby horses. Why is, <clears throat> is it's not that big of a race? No, it is a big race because you've got the derby winner who's going to go for a second jewel of the yeah. Triple Crown. And that's what they're there to see. And besides that, they, dude, the Preakness does it right. They have a stage set up in the infield. Lord's going to be there giving, having a concert. Nas is going to be there having a concert. You spend $20 more for a ticket. You get a mug and it's all you can drink beer. Yeah. I mean, it's freaking well, crazy. That doesn't mean you can't push it back a week. That, that has nothing to do with the fact that you can't push it back. Most people are like Brandon here and go to the horse races and don't know, not to say that you're ignorant about the horses. I am. All right. I but am. most people want to go there for the entertainment value and there are people watching 
and and they don't really give they don't care. Yeah, but again, if, but again, what do, you're not answering the question. What does that have <laughs> anything to do with pushing it back a week? You can have Nas. They're or, not going to or do someone the, like Nas a week later. They're no, not going to have the I next triple crown. Go ahead. There's no one like Nas. Oh, uh, I apologize. <laughs> rap, I apologize. But maybe Nas, maybe we could fit him in a week later. You know, maybe if Nas is a big deal, maybe we have it on a Tuesday, I guess. I don't know. But push it back a little bit so that it gets more derby horses in. Because really the prickness has been just the derby horse wins. Well, that's what you want because that's what Thoroughbred Racing wants so that Belmont matters. Because what is the crowd difference if if the derby horse wins the prickness? What do you think the crowd difference is in the Belmont as opposed to having two different winners? But but according to you, it do, it doesn't matter because they're there for the for Nas and the all you can drink beer. So no, why even Belmont, have horse races? But the Belmont's a different race. The Belmont's there to see if you have a triple crown winner, and we've seen that in the past where uh, you know you had the horse wins the first two rounds of the triple crown. You've got a huge crowd at Belmont. If you don't, you have a very modest fifty thousand people crowd. Well, what I'm saying it it would also <coughs> be better for the Derby horse to be able to have an extra week off between Derby and Preakness. So now you have your three weeks and then your three weeks, which is very standard I don't think that horse. the Thoroughbred Racing people are going to have the next Triple Crown winner come out of a situation where the races were more spread out than the last Triple Crown winner. Well, I don't think this when is we've a got Triple such Crown. A whole, you don't think it's a Triple Crown no. this year? No. So this is the same to me, argue- this would be a harder race than the Belmont for uh, California. This Crown. is the same argument we've had <laughs> – Every year that right after the Derby saying how great the Derby winner is and how it's going to be a triple crown winner right off the bat. It, I don't think it is. And you were one that brought up the breeding of California Chrome about it's how weak. it's very weak, but yet it's going to be able to go a mile and a half. Well, I'm, it just has to go a mile and a half faster than the other ones. It can definitely go on a mile and a half. It's just a matter of how fast it can go a mile and a half. You didn't think you could go a mile and a quarter faster than the other, faster than at least three of them. His dosage was still under four. Oh my God. Here we go, dosage again. Which you know, that's the that's the magic number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> see anybody in this preness that's going to touch California Chrome. Uh, I think it will be a little closer than than people think. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if he got beat. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins by six links. How about uh, so? Let's go back to this filly that's in here, Rhea Antonia. Yeah. Okay. Rhea Antonia is now on her third trainer. Different trainer than who even she had in the Oaks. Yeah. Basically because, you know, they, they want to stay on the East Coast, and that's, you know, and the, the trainer was going somewhere else. Bob Baffert was the trainer. Yeah. Bob Baffert's Which I think Tom Amos is a great uh, pickup. I mean, he is exceptional, exceptional trainer. He is very good taking over horses first time with the trainer. His statistics are extremely good. Now, obviously, this is a different situation than he normal deal, normally deals with. Um, and, you know, obviously – this is going against the boys, and it's a tough race. And she has not won. I mean, she came in second in the Santa Anita Oaks. She finished sixth in the Kentucky Breeders Oaks. Cup, juvenile Phillies is last uh, race she's won. Rachel Alexandra race, she ran fourth. Um, you know, her her buyers are well below the other ones. I, I'm a little confused why they're putting her in this field. Uh, I think because it's such a weak field. I mean, I think you could still see a situation where she comes in third. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, I guess you could, yeah. Um, I think social inclusion, you know, we've talked about that. That's really good. He, he's, he, I think he has the highest, he may have the highest buyer f- speed figure of any three-year-old this year. I may be wrong on that, but he ran a 110 in an allowance race um, 
back in uh, March. It's all about consistency. You got to do it more than once. He, he ran a 98 the next time out. Yeah, which is faster than what the Derby was. Yeah, what was the, the the speed figure on the Derby? The initial speed figure was a 97, which wow. which the only horse. But California Chrome's also consistently been in that 105, 106, 107 range. Well, twice. Okay. If you're consistent, it's twice, yes. Which, you know, I think is a fairly, especially since it, most of it, two out of the three races were as a three-year-old. Like two out of his three races as a three-year-old, I believe, were uh, above 100 buyer, which is, is really what you would want to see in improving three-year-old campaign. Um, you know, I, the worry I have, and it, and it may not be a bad thing that his buyer went down. He may improve off of this. Again, two weeks is a tough Tough run. It's much better though. They're not gonna work them out uh, strenuously like they did Orb last year. They had a strange workout one week after the Derby to keep him sharp. Um, they're just they took him out for a jog and he looked good. He looked like he wanted to go uh, faster, which is nice to see coming out of the Derby. But I think the only horse that improved buyer speed figures from the previous week was Commanding Curve. Which you know um, you would expect from his big time yeah. performance. All right, we're gonna have to get to a break. We'll be right back on the Brand J Lawrence Weekend Sports Buzz. The pitch, and he turns him loose. High fly ball, center field, hit well, game over. This one belongs to the Reds. Joey Votto getting the green light and driving one over the wall and straightaway center field. Home run number five. And on the Votto home run, the Reds have defeated the Colorado Rockies 4-3. Round the bases, Joey Votto comes through in the clutch last night for the Cincinnati Reds. It's about time. Beating, you know... You got to. I'm just impressed that they were able to hold the Rockies to just a couple runs like they did because the Rockies are one of the top scoring offenses in baseball. Joey Votto though does not usually come through in the clutch. He's usually the guy that's consistent throughout the uh, you know the the whole thing. That's that was my argument when um, when they were talking about trading Brandon Phillips in the off season. I'd much rather trade Joey Votto than Brandon Phillips because if Brandon Phillips comes up in the games on the line. He's got a chance of making yeah. something happen. Yeah. And we've, when I've looked at Brandon Phillips' offensive production overall compared to Joey Votto, I just I like I like Brandon Jones. Yeah. I like Brandon Phillips. I, I do too, and he's uh, he has the highest. I mean, besides the catchers who are, you know, I don't know if they how much their average is counting because they're limited at bats. Uh, but Brandon Phillips <laughs> has the highest batting average on the team, two seventy eight, which is. Kind of atrocious to think that that's the Dude, highest. Except for the average. catchers, the catchers are getting it done. Catchers are getting it done, but you're, you know, Joey Votto, who got it done last night, is batting two sixty two. And I know a lot of the Reds fans are upset with Zach Cozart's perform or overall offensive performance this year because he's but he's in a one ninety five. Yeah. I will go out and say though, Cozart could be one of the best top three defensive shortstops in the National League, and you're at least taking a critical defensive position like shortstop. And having a guy who can really play it at a high level, he's hitting eighth. Okay, yeah. so whatever you get out of your eighth hitter is yeah. kind of like let's just, it's just let's great. Let's just get above two hundred. Can we can we agree that we should probably be above the two hundred? But then people want to talk about how great Billy Hamilton is when he's in one of the top defensive spots on the field too, center field. You know, one of the most important positions. He doesn't play center field well. He's unbelievably fast, but he doesn't get on base. You know, he's only walked three times this year. I think is what it is. You know, I just you know he's in the. He's in a spot where he's in the most important spot in the outfield, and he's in one of the most important spots in the in the batting order. 
and it's just uh, yeah. you got to. This is the guy we got to get yeah. going, not well, Zach Cozart. And, and the one that, you know, I think the the area where we need some, you know, obviously Joey Votto, and I think he'll be fine. I think we both agree that Joey Votto will be fine. Um, I think he'll start to get above, get around the three hundred mark like he does every year. I think Brandon Phillips will stay, you know, maybe a little bit higher, but he'll he'll stay consistent. If we can get a leadoff hitter, um, but I Todd Frazier is the one that his average is fine by my for me. It's like two seventy four. Seen that? Uh, yeah, two two sixty seven. Two sixty seven, which for me is fine. He does have some power. He hit a monster shot out to the like the the upper deck uh, of center field. Uh, 498 yeah. feet, I think. That's my polio power right it, there. It is right there. Like, when I go to the batting <laughs> cages, like, that's what – I mean, I break the fence out there. But <laughs> Todd Frazier, he just needs to strike out less. Well, <laughs> it, it, like, that, is, that is great baseball like, analysis right like, there. Like, that's a, <laughs> this guy needs to strike out less. Like, his batting average is fine. He just needs to strike out less, if that makes any sense to you. Strikeouts are at an all-time high in baseball, though, right now. I mean, and he, I think, for his career, is averaging over 100 strikeouts a Situational season. hitting in baseball is kind of lost. And, and unfortunately, that's been the Reds' MO for several years mm-hmm. where their guys are high strikeout guys. And, and, then, and then Ludwig has to be another guy that, you know, 274 is a good average, and I don't know how many strikeouts he has. But so 274 is solid. I'll take 274. So for anyone who wants Mike Polio's expert baseball analysis, it's strikeout less. I hate you. All right. That's, That's a good one, though. You can come with that, right, B? Strike out less. It, Strike out well, less. But, yeah, Billy Hamilton does need to get on base. Man. He needs he's, to. That's his whole deal. So he's got to get on base. Now, yeah. there's a guy who needs to strike out less. Because right. his strikeouts. Oh, so now when you say it, it's like, oh, that's a, that's a great <laughs> comment. You can't have your leadoff hitter. You co-opted your phrase. <laughs> you can't have your leadoff hitter not putting the bat on the ball. Uh, as you know, And it just comes down to pitch selection with him. So I'm actually taking your strikeout less argument and actually like breaking it down what it is because he's just he's too much of a free swinger. He doesn't make the pitchers work, work the count the way he needs them. Uh, and that's that's huge. And of course, they got to get him back. Uh, his wrist is still bothering him. Right. Hopefully he goes today. He did pinch uh, hit yesterday. And uh, came up big. A, a lot has been talked about Billy Hamilton. We got to we have to get him on base and and all that. I know he's hitting at like a. No, no, forget forget the. You know he's hitting two fifty. Uh, his on base percentage is two eighty four. Not great. No, when you, that's the thing. So when his on base percentage is just barely above his yeah, average, it's not that's good. not okay. No, uh, but he's stolen eleven bases and been caught stealing five times. Is that acceptable? Yes. Do we like that? I'm okay with that, just mainly because I look at how many times he's been on base and how many times he's scored. So that's the thing. You, I want I want to see that percentage of how many times has he gone on base and scored. That's the, that's what's most important to me because then he was he was around fifty percent there for a while. The he 50, was fifty percent of the time you get on base, you score. That's that's pretty freaking high. That, that is good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, he's on pace for ninety one strikeouts, but obviously playing a lot less games than other others because of his injury. Yeah, so, so and then a uh, big yeah. matchup today for the Reds. Alfredo Simon on the hill. Another guy who's been pitching great for them. Uh, sub-2 uh, sub ERA for Alfredo Simon. Uh, he's 4-1 and one with a one nine nine ERA, 22 strikeouts, going up against Jordan Lyles, who's also been pitching very well for the Rockies. Uh, Reds can pull out this win. It'd be huge coming yep. off, uh, you know, playing a quality opponent like and the Rockies after getting swept by Boston. And playing so. them well. Play, playing Boston really well, though, at Fenway. Lost both games four to three. One of them went into extras. You know they played them really well. I feel like this uh, Reds team is you know been battling the injuries so much early on, and they're just kind of hanging on and kind of yeah. hanging around five hundred. That if they get healthy, 
You know, they could be all right. They, they could, but the thing that worries me is they beat Milwaukee, who's at the top of the division. Three out of who, four games. Yeah, who great series to win. But I still go back to the beginning of the season. Beginning of the season they, was atrocious. For, they, they had the worst record in baseball there for a while. When they lose to the Cardinals the way they did. And the Brewers may be in the lead of the Central, but we all know at the end of the year it's going to be the Cardinals. Now, also, are we going to be able to have a chance at a wild card? The wild card, yeah. And, and that's legitimately that's probably where the Reds will uh, finish up. And, you know, that's why these – Games against Colorado and this this home stand is a big one, especially because you don't play you only play Colorado twice. So you got, yeah, you get one stance, you know, one chance here in Cincinnati and one chance out there. And I think both of them are early, so it's like you got to take advantage of those those games when yeah. you have them. Well, uh, of course, I'm banking on the fact that at the end of the season, if we're in contention, uh, for let's see, that's just a, all I know is they can't have too many more injuries because I've been out to the bats twice this week and the bats are terrible. I mean, they have yeah. they have no major leaguers on that team whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. They don't have a single major league. <laughs> Corky's still there, right? Corky's still there, but he's basically a coach. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he'll go up there if he needs to, but I mean, they got guys that can fill holes, I guess, if they if they have to. But they, there's no one on the bats that I'm looking at and say, man, he's I can't wait till he gets Cincinnati. Yeah. Did they, get they don't have that last guy. night. No, they actually finished that they game. Finished that yeah. game. Yeah. So last night was was Boy Scout night, which mm-hmm. uh, you know how you have uh, they have those promotions where they let you choose what. Song they're gonna play in the sixth inning. Okay, it's Boy Scout night, and one of the songs is "It's Raining Men." No. <laughs> who chose that? I don't know. <laughs> did, it, so, did it win? No, I don't know because we no. took off. We're sitting there in the third <laughs> inning, and we see the lightning rolling in. Oh yeah, and it's like man, it all of a sudden a pretty impressive lightning show. And we're like, all right, let's get out of here. <laughs> but, so we're there, and we're supposed to spend the night on the field. I don't even know if they let those guys do that, but we we oh, oh you were with the Boy Scouts. We were trip. there with the Boy Scouts. My little oh, okay. guy, first grader. Okay, and so he's a he's a tiger cub or whatever the, whatever they call it. And we blow. Oh, I don't even think he's Weeblo yet. I don't even know. Uh, that, that's, that's like a, that's the top. A, that's a terrible that name for a Boy Scout, too. Weeblo. Weeblo. <laughs> it just it stuck in my head. Somebody I know was a Weeblo. So. I wanted, a we- <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I just got that. Yeah, it took, it took, took me a second to get it, too. <laughs> so, you know, we actually took off. I guess, I don't know. I can't imagine that the bats would let, you know, these Boy Scouts camp out in their outfield if it was supposed to rain and lightning. Just from, yeah. you know, the t- how much that could tear out their outfield, but also from the liability standpoint, you know, you're in a wide open field. Right. Going around you. Yeah. I think it's the metal. best place to get struck. Yeah. Like in a wide open field, yeah. If, we, if you're in a the tent that's got all up. these metal metal <laughs> things holding it together. Yeah. And you're around a bunch of metal chairs. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I don't think it. But I, so I don't know if they let them spend the night out there or not. I know we saw the third inning. We saw the storm running. We were out of there. It came down pretty hard last it, This yeah. morning was crazy. I mean, up at my house it was crazy. My dog's been in the closet all morning because really? he's scared of the lightning. Yeah. So he just hides in the closet. Your dog's in the closet? Dog's in the closet. Right. He'll come out eventually. <laughs> He's not a well no. Nah, <laughs> He's a very ferocious. Keep him animal. in the closet. Hey, speaking of that, R. Kelly's in town. <laughs> R. Kelly's in town tonight? Uh it's Mother's Day. Oh of all Mother's days. Day. There you go. The Black Panties Tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing says doing. Mother's Day better like the Black Panties Tour by R. Kelly. The whole place smells like urine. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Oh, oh, man, that's his own fault, man. <laughs> but, yeah, so yeah, the Bats, to me, if the Reds have a whole lot of trouble, the Bats are not going to be a place where they're going to look to you know bring somebody up and, uh, and help them out for a stretch run. You'll, you'll know this better. Did, uh, did the Reds bring some guys up? Because of you know Billy Hamilton being out? And- well, uh, Barndina is a guy that's been up and, and back, and 
Uh, you know, they got a couple guys, but I mean, they're hoping to get Latos back healthy. Yeah. Devin Mesoraco is right around the corner coming back. That healthy. Could all health. I, I know the first game against the Red Sox that they played, you know, your designated hitter spot is supposed to be your power right. spot in the lineup. And they had Neftali Soto yes. as yeah. the DH, That's who has not hit a home run in Major League Baseball. Now, granted, he's only had a limited and time other, up. You know, the Red Sox have Poppy. Yeah, you know, so it's, a it's bit you know that one spot. <laughs> I think the Reds had a had the advantage. <laughs> no, no, Tali Soto over I think, Poppy, which Big Poppy broke up the no hitter last night. Yeah, we almost had a no hitter in baseball last night. And you know the amazing thing about Poppy is after uh, all the substance abuse things and uh, Major League Baseball started really hammering in on that, Poppy lost a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. Still has turned out to be a pretty freaking good hitter, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those guys have disappeared. Yeah, he's not one of them. Yeah, I can mean, we, it, it, can we call the Red Sox America's baseball team? No, no. Who is America's baseball? The Red team? Sox. Oh, it's supposed to be the I told you it was the Red Sox. Oh, okay. I told you it was the Red Sox. Okay. America's hockey team is the Bruins. Well, Yankees America's are football out. team is the Patriots. I thought you were a Reds fan, not a Red Sox fan. The Yankees. Have well, they're two different leagues. So they are two different leagues. So I, place, I can go for both. One plays softball. But when one it plays baseball. when it comes down to it, Reds versus Red Sox, I'm a Reds fan. There you go. Well, you're going to get that in another time. They're coming to Cincinnati in August. Yeah. So nice. two games set. I'm thinking uh, it's, it sets up pretty nice in August because they have a, a, an evening game and then a, a, like a 1230 start. So you get up there, spend a night in Cincinnati, watch both games. It uh, should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go to Papa Do's, man. Wait, Pop, which, what is it? Oh, no. It's, yeah, go to Papa Do's. Yeah. Uh, like outside of Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. Seafood yeah. spot. Like yeah. the, I've never been there. Is it good? It's good. Yeah. I'll just try like, to check that out. Cajun. Look. New Orleans style. Crawfish? Yeah. You get crawfish there? Oh, you get everything. All right. Uh, have you been to the new area around now, the state? Brandon looks like the guy that you would take a restaurant reservation. Absolutely. <laughs> <restaurant> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Have you been to the area around the stadium, like the, all the restaurants that they've added in? No. It's really, Dude, really nice. nice. I, I park in northern Kentucky, walk across the bridge. Well, I do too, but we went over there um, with my brother-in-law, and we were over there, and they have some really nice restaurants, really good place to go. We caught a minor league hockey game. Uh, minor league hockey game. minor league hockey game they were playing wheeling uh, it was <laughs> it was a great game only reason to go uh, to minor league hockey is to watch fights did uh, you see any fights no we actually were walking out as the fight was happening like oh. we we missed uh, it yeah so there you go um, but uh, yeah so the Reds hopefully come through get above 500 hang in there get a playoff spot I think it could happen you know bottom line is the city of Cincinnati needs one of these two teams to advance in the playoffs Oh, them are the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals. I mean, well, the Bengals. Uh, you know, I don't who think they, they getting good draft picks. I don't even know. I mean, uh, does anybody pay attention? I don't. You what? Does anybody pay they attention got, to the oh, Bengals? Oh, they got a good DB. I think Denard. Uh, whoever they got will be in prison in the next three months. <laughs> uh, yeah, they got uh, Darquez Denard, from a cornerback from Michigan State. Yeah, he's good. Uh, Jeremy Hill, running back from LSU, and Will Clark, defensive end from West Virginia. Will Clark, there's a good baseball player. Will Clark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break here on the, and come back for our final segment. Okay. We will be right back on the Brandon J. Lawrence Weekend Sports Buzz. All right, final segment here of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Gandolfo joined by Mike Polio and Brandon J. Lawrence. And uh, <clears throat> we're getting to the, uh, the the part of the summer where, you know, we've gone through the NCAA tournament. And right after the NCAA tournament, we kind of get straight into horse racing talk around here, go through the derby, had a, had a picture-perfect derby season. 
Sports today kind of sucks. I mean, let's let's be honest. There's there's nothing really on TV today except for the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. You got NASCAR in Kansas City, uh, the Players' Championship in the PGA. If you watch golf, I can't watch golf though until it's like the final three holes and there's some some yeah. sort of drama. Yeah, I, I I lost a little bit of it with uh, Tiger not playing well. Yeah, I, I love Tiger, and now that he's not good, um, it kind of bores me. Uh, Mickelson, he got cut. There's really not a whole lot of guys on the tour that are really dominant, and I think everybody wants to see a dominant player. So, uh, you know, we got we got game game three today uh, in the Nets and uh, Heat series. Um, I'm gonna say that's over. I think it's over too. I don't I don't see the Heat losing to Brooklyn. No, I, I mean I think they're gonna sweep. It, playoffs are completely different than regular season. But then we got we had Indiana looking really strong last night against Washington, yeah. or vice versa. Washington looking like garbage against Indiana. However you want to put it, 63 games in an NBA game is pretty god awful it is it is uh that's all you got (laughs) (laughs) uh you know i think a lot of it comes back to getting more hibbert back into the groove uh it helps him defensively it helps him offensively um they fed him the ball in game two made sure he got it he was at least you know even though he only had 14 points and five rebounds he was efficient with it. He was six for nine from the field, which is you know what you want out of your big man. Um, he had three blocks. You know, I think there's a lot to like about. He did foul out, but there's a lot to like about it when you have your big man being efficient. And we've talked about how in back in the day, the ni- early '90s, late '80s, um, Roy Hibbert would not have been a starter. For most teams. Most teams, yeah. For most teams, there are definitely some he would. But, you know, I, I think it's big to get get him back in the groove, and then that helps him defensively Can you even name well. the center for the Washington Wizards? Go top. Yeah, but you're a Wizards fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, would, I mean. I would have said it. It's on my screen right there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Marcin Gortat. Marcin I mean, Gortat. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a baller, man. <laughs> but, but, but Washington's got to be more more efficient with their shooting. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. They it shot thirty three percent from the field last night. John Wall's got the worst jumper of. of like, <laughs> well, it doesn't ha- help when you got Bradley Beal as your other. Does UK? Even, he can score though. He can. He can, and he's and he's shooting it better in the NBA than he did in college. But yeah. I still wouldn't like. I wouldn't bet my game on him. Yeah, you know, you know, they have Trevor Reza, but yep. he's he's like a three point yeah. specialist, pretty much. Does UK even practice shooting? Like the, I don't, the, the they point can't. guards, they can't. the Cal, Cal, point guards can't. that have gone through Kentucky can't yeah. shoot. Cal doesn't have practice; they just have open gyms. Open you know, gym, they don't, Cal doesn't do out. anything. <laughs> Cal the ball out. No, Cal just doesn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. But I mean, like, uh, yeah, uh, they don't, man. I mean, Gortat was two for seven. Beal was six for nineteen. They struggled. Valerio was three for fourteen. I mean, it's a it's bad. How do you feel as a Wizards fan? How do you feel about this series? You think it's over? I mean, now you got to go back and lose one at home. They got one. They got they have one more home, right? Yeah. Uh, they'll win that one. No, they got two more. They got two more home. If they 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 went out, yeah, but one more. One more like next game. The next next game game is is at home, which they got to win. They got to win. That's a must win. Yeah, they got even this thing of two two. They're good. So you know, I think. They'll tie it up two two, and then probably eventually lose. Uh, it'll go six seven. It'll go six. You think it'll go six? Indiana beat them in six. And then do you give Indiana any any hope against the Heat? No, no, no. I don't. I, think I didn't give them any hope no. at the even going into the playoffs. Uh, before they went on the losing streak, I, I didn't give them any hope. 
I thought going into like maybe in February you were thinking that this was the one team in the East that could give them a little trouble. I don't like the way they've been playing lately. Two two words: LeBron James. Yeah, is he good? Is it, he he's kind of good and he's kind of a beast. <laughs> but you know what though? It's like the supporting cast for the Heat is just good. Man. They they are. They they know, know the roles. They do they exactly good. what they got to do. Yeah, yeah, I mean Ray Allen always hits the big shot. Mm-hmm. Haslam is the cleanup guy. Uh, Wade's taking a back seat, which is cool. Chalmers, Chalmers, and they got people. I mean, you got if you got uh, who's this guy? The guy from uh, 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 Kansas State, Michael? Not Beasley. Beasley, yeah, yeah, Beasley. You got him coming off the bench. Yeah. He used to be the number one overall pick. He was the number one overall pick at one time. So yeah, had a little uh, enjoying his yeah. uh, substances. But at, you got LeBron who can get your team to the Eastern substance. Conference Finals. By himself, he's also listen. You know, and they're also you, playing. Then you right. throw in that supporting cast, right. and now they're sweeping teams right. and can get you a championship. Well, he's also Bird playing. Man. They're playing a team that's uh, you know half their teams on the AARP already. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's definitely you know, and, they, and I think, but again, Call they're going to be able to get to the the finals with LeBron and with. Ray Allen and with those guys. Rested, now, too. Now, That's the thing. Now they're going to be 8 0 going to that. I mean, not, they're not going to lose a game. They're going to be going into the Eastern Conference Finals, rested against the uh, yeah. against well, the Pacers. Who, yeah. And, and more yeah. than likely the Pacers. And then now, yeah. uh, the exciting series is the Thunder and Clippers. Yeah, and I'm a little disappointed in that because I thought the Trailblazers were going to be the one to yeah, kind I'm, of yeah. to show up. And I thought I thought that Spurs Trailblazers series yeah. would be. You know, it's, it hadn't been bad, but it's 2-0 now, and the Trailblazers have to win tonight. I got tonight. two words for you now. Tim Duncan. There's another the old man. The best power forward in NBA history. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. NBA history. Uh, Name uh, a, put another power forward above him. Ooh, he had a, I mean, come on, man. He had a couple of them, be- right? Best power forward in NBA history. No doubt. No you doubt. You didn't like uh, nope. Power Four. Who's nope. Pat, who's? Uh, well, yeah, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, which is one of the recent guys. Barkley, yeah. I'd still go dunking over both those uh, guys. I would too. Um, tough man. You know, it's hard to go for me. Let me look this up. <laughs> but but back Forrest to Grant? while he's no. looking while he's <laughs> looking that up to try to find someone better. Uh, the Thunder and Clippers series is awesome. I it mean, is. It is. And you know, I, I think the Thunder's going to eventually break away there. I'm, I don't know. How you know Chris Paul? To me, is a I I think Chris Paul's overrated, and I think Blake Griffin's overrated. So, you know, I don't think Kevin Durant's overrated. So. It, 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 it does. Uh, you know, JJ Reddick's a guy that you know he only had five points in in uh, last night's loss, uh, which he's got to be a guy that you know you can count on. If you're counting on JJ Reddick in the no, playoffs, he's just, he's just that guy that you got to be able to kick to. I'm not saying he's going to be like you got to have. Obviously, Blake Griffin. I'm shocked that guy's still in the league. I'm not even allowed now. JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick. He can shoot, man. He can, he shoot. can shoot. Yeah, Any, but anytime you can shoot like that, you got a spot. Shoot like what? One for four from three point range? Like well, he, last night? he struggled. Now, if we look at the season, you know, he, he's much better than that. They got Glenn Big Baby Davis coming off the bench. Well, like when they when they beat Oak, OKC at OKC, he had twelve points, which is that's where you want him is the twelve to fifteen point range. You don't want him taking too many shots. He's Steve Kerr is what you're trying exactly. to say. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I, mean, I just you know, uh, well, Ray Allen. T- not not to compare JJ Redick to Ray Allen because Ray Allen's the, probably but, the best shooter in NBA history, uh, up there with a couple other guys. But um, you know, JJ Redick's that guy that needs twelve to fifteen points. Um, 
and I think OKC will end up taking this one. Overall, yeah, I mean, just when you compare when you compare starting lineups, I mean, yeah, Serge Ibaka and Blake Griffin. You know, Blake's probably better, but there's not that big of a difference. Kevin Durant is heads and tails better than Matt Barnes. Uh, there's Kendrick Perkins is a solid center defensive and, player, and you know, good matchup for DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. Westbrook and Chris Paul, you could say, are you know very close. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, you know, I yeah. just, I like the, I like the Thunder. Now we we've discussed this off the air of whether Westbrook is a winner, and you know he's just such a volume shooter. He takes so much, but he can uh, be on this team, right? I think he can. Yeah, but but again, I don't know if they have what it takes to beat San Antonio, which is who they're going to have to face. Uh, I'm not counting Portland out yet. I mean, I know they're down 2-0, but I, I am. I'm, I'm, I think they've got two of the I'm budding young stars. I'm saying that one's over, and Miami is over. Um, now, OKC and Clips could go. But the, really, the, the the key for the Spurs right now has been the play of Tony Parker. Yeah. I mean, he's been unbelievable. But, I mean, that's the type of player he is. And and they have the best coach. So, so when you're comparing whether or not Westbrook's a winner, and you're looking at a guy like Tony Parker who – no doubt about it is. Yeah, obviously. I mean, in the playoffs, I would rather have Tony Parker than yeah, Russell Westbrook. and I think almost everybody would agree. Brandon J. Do, do we have? Uh, do we get any power forwards? By the way, <laughs> <laughs> is Rashid the power forward? Rashid Wallace? Yeah, yeah, but there's he's not even close. He's not even in the discussion. And oh, as NBA, man, come, come on, on now, not even in. You got to go like back. I mean, it's, it's a generational thing. Man. I mean, Rodman, you got to go back like to Elvin Hayes. You got to go back. You had to go back. Yeah, I would agree with that. But yeah, I, you got it. Yeah, yeah, Duncan. Yeah, but is Duncan? I, then that begs the question: Is he a power forward? He's like a center, though. No, he's no, power forward. He's power forward. Yeah, yeah Kevin, I think he's a power forward. Kevin, Kevin McHale. Well, he had to be because yeah, he when tough. he came in the league, uh, David Robinson was the center, so he always had to play the four spot right there because Robinson wasn't going to play the four. Yeah. So uh, for them to play together, he was had to be a four. Yeah. From yeah. the get go, and yeah. then um, I give you that. But I'm telling you right now, I, I like I, – I got to go with Duncan because the only other guy yeah, I put in there is Carl Malone in that same discussion, you know. Yeah, he never won a big one, so. No. Yeah, Charles no. Barkley. Barkley. Um, On the size. Yeah. Duncan, total package, yeah. I would say yeah. he's – I mean, I would agree with that. He, what a great – I mean, he's he's like older than me. That's so. great. And Popovich, best best coach in the NBA right now. Um, I, I, I would agree with I that. I mean, he, he won coach of the year, so they agree. But <laughs> – yeah, that because that's what matters. <laughs> but but he is. I mean, he is one of the best, and he gets the best post game interviews too. Like he yeah. barely barely talks to anybody. Like two but, questions. Yeah, man. he's like, all right, I'm out. I yeah. did my the allotted time that I was supposed to do, so I'm out. That's kind of you know the way Cal is on that stuff too. Oh my god, it always comes back to Cal. Like it's amazing every time I say a positive thing about a coach. All right, so I want to know right like, now. Cal. Gut feeling is Cal in in Lexington in the fall. I say he's out. You don't think he's there? I don't think he's there. I'm kind of. I'm kind of too, much, that too way many too. rumors swirling, man. There's too many open coaches. The jobs. only thing that tells me though is that he's got such a squad coming in. Yeah, when did that matter? He's already got his chip. You know. I mean, what else can you do? You know. I don't know. What I, else? You know. I, I'm gonna be the odd man and say he's back. You think he's back? Uh, I mean, I could. I, I'm I don't 50, know. I'm going back and forth. It. Yeah. I, I could see it going either way, you know. Now that he's got uh, Rorse in there and he's got this staff, kind of, he got them pay raises. You know, I, I don't know. I, I it, it's going to be real interesting to see if he's if he's back or not. The Lakers are definitely going to take their time on hiring somebody, so they're not they're not in a rush to do anything. Uh, um, is is Ollie gone? Kevin Ollie? Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know. I would if I were him. I would too because yeah. they're in a no-win situation. He he is one. He won a national championship. Um, and until UConn gets in a major conference, they're, it's, it's going to be a lot tough. tougher. A lot of those players, even though he recru- he may have been recruiting, um, a lot of those guys were brought in under the previous coach uh, with Calhoun. And, you know, you could set up yourself, if you can get the Lakers job, is, it, is that the best NBA job you can get? I would say yes. Well, I don't know. I mean, right it now, all depends if Kobe would, comes back. I would say – and Kobe's got to be the one that's really making this pick. But, I mean, but I, I think you don't have any pressure. Oh, you always got pressure in LA. No, but next and I'll year, tell you what next your year, is, I don't think your you pressure, have pressure. Your pressure is different because what's going to happen is if if you're not any good, people aren't going to show up. But, <laughs> so, but I'm telling you, especially when you got the Clippers. But I'm yeah. telling you, Kevin Ollie will bring some big time names if he's the head coach at, at LA. Like, you don't think Cal would? Like a Westbrook, or he's very tight, he's very tight with a lot of those dudes. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm telling you. What about Cal? Cal's close I, with Drake, I, man. I'm gonna say, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say Ollie would bring. Uh, do you think Steve Kerr <laughs> is the right pick for no. any of those open jobs? Who's the best? Who's the best coach out there for an NBA team? Steve Kerr has never coached. He never coached at all. So, and plus, he ruined the Phoenix Suns. So, you know, that's a that's the thing with all that is it's so much recycling old names, and then, you know you got to get some. You got to take a chance on someone fresh. Just to uh, kind of break that habit, you know. Well, That's why I got to give it for the Pacers with Frank Vogel. I mean, and uh, so far he's been he's been well, phenomenal. What's the name for that? That was at Golden State. Um, Mark Jackson's there now. I mean, that's yeah. got. Well, I mean, he got fired. Oh, he did. Yeah. Wow. And so that's tough. That may be well. Suppose bring him to the Knicks. Of, <laughs> bring him to the Knicks. Supposedly there was a lot of internal conflict there, yeah. but I don't know how they. Maybe right, he'll go fifty-one wins team. last year, and they they fire him. And you know. You're talking about a guy who gets the most out of what he can do is Steph Curry. I mean, that guy, that guy is unbelievable for how limited he is athletically. Yeah. For him to be able to play the way he plays, it's awesome watching him. It's play. unbelievable. Under Armour guy, by the way, it's great to watch him play. Uh, <laughs> um, but real quick before, because we're running up to the end of the show, we got less than three minutes. We got two minutes left, as Douglas shows us. Uh, graduation day today. Congratulations to all those graduates at UK and U of L, U of L and Western. Western graduates today. 100% graduation rate for the third year under Coach Harper. So for Western Kentucky, for Western Kentucky men's basketball. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. And Louisville had the highest team GPA. I think like a 3.6, with, highest in basketball was history. Was it like 13 out of 14 guys above a 3.0? Yeah, really great job for them. And, and then Jody Meeks graduating for uh, Kentucky, which and is uh, awesome seeing to see him that. seeing him come back yeah. in the summers get his degree. And it just makes me think, you know, if he would have stayed. If he would have stayed for that one extra year and played with Wall and Bledsoe and Cousins and Pat Pat. I mean, it would have been. Pat Pat. It would have been phenomenal. That team would have been. They wouldn't have lost West Virginia. I don't. Because they would have had. Oh, no. Not at all. It it would not have happened. I mean, that would have. I would almost debate, too, that that was really Cal's best team. With Wall? Yeah. Freshman? Yeah. Yeah. One minute left to go. Uh, so congratulations to all those uh, college graduates. I would have loved to have seen uh, Meeks stick around, but he's getting ready to get paid. Yeah. You talk about the guy the Lakers are going to lose that they're going to miss. Yeah. Meeks is going to get paid by somebody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a free agent this summer. He'll so. get paid because he can shoot, man. Yeah. Didn't he, did he have like a 50-point game one time? He had a 42-point game, I yeah. know. 42-point game. So I mean he can he can play and he's in a he's a guy he'll be a great pickup for somebody he will be yeah. all right guys I appreciate you all coming in today it's been a, a good, good show hours had a lot of fun it's cool man all right and we will uh, next weekend we will be out at the Masonic Home uh, and St Matthew Street Festival 
So uh, make sure you tune in next week on the Weekend Sports Bus. Up around the bend.